Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many is ready for heaven to move? Amen. May he move today. Amen. We still don't have any sound here. Amen. We've been, things are a little rusty. Amen. We'll get it all straightened out here in a minute. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, give me another microphone while they work on this one. Amen. We've been through things like this before, hadn't we? Amen. It's good to be here in the house of the Lord today. What a privilege it is. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Can you hear me up there? Yeah. All right, we're on. You can give me a little more sound up here, Michael. Amen. Isn't God good to us? Miracles happen when God moves. And God's moving. Don't you ever forget it. Amen. Even when you think he's silent, he's moving. He's moving now. Speaking to hearts and lives. He's doing some things that is marvelous. I, I, I don't understand. I can't wrap my mind around everything he's doing. But I know he's at work. We're not alone in this battle. This year things are very different. Due to circumstances beyond our control, we didn't have youth camp and then this is the first day of family camp. It's all together in one service. Amen. Here you are sitting as one great big church family. We're here today to rejoice, to thank God for what he's done, for where he's brought us. Amen. 2020, I told you, is a year of miracles where it has been necessary that the faith that we have been taught is put to work. Faith is, must not remain dormant. God's been giving you an opportunity to exercise that faith. To learn to move in the spirit. To realize you can be like Daniel and stand alone. You can be like the Hebrew children and have to face a fire alone. Just three, three young men. Daniel somewhere else. Must have been in another part of the kingdom. But anyway, the rest of the believers abandon while they stand alone. We're going to stand in this day. We're not quitters. Amen. We're the unstoppable bride of Jesus Christ. And we shall prevail. Amen. We are resilient. We are overcomers. We are predestined for this hour. We have been placed here at this time. And we will stand. On God's unchangeable word. We started this year with the word to Joshua. You remember, it started right at the end of the year of 2019. I preached concerning the year to come. It was my New Year's message as we approached it. Amen. Don't fear, but be of good courage. For unto you I've given this land. Wherever your feet or your foot sets upon, that I have given to you. Amen. I will not leave you. I will not fail thee. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. 
we're here right here in this time. We can expect God to move on the scene for his children. Amen. Let's bow our heads together as we approach the word today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to say we love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. We glorify your name. Thank you for those of you, of, of us that could assemble today. Bless those that could not come. Lord, I pray that you'll just remove all fear from the body of Christ. And that you'll just be with us in these times, Lord. It's trying times. But you said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. And you told the messenger of our generation, you told him, don't fear to go anywhere or do anything. For the never failing presence of Jesus Christ is with you wherever you go. Lord, I pray, oh God, as we enter into worship today, together as a family, as a church family, you'll minister to every need that is here among us. May they see you as the almighty God who is the healer and the deliverer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless your word today, we ask it. Amen. Joel chapter 2, verse 21. It's always good to be here and everyone to, to uh, assemble together. Amen. My goodness, some of you young people have grown a foot since you sat up here. <laughs> Amen. But I'm glad you're here. You make my heart glad. Amen. I love to preach to you. Amen. So just, let's just enter in today with all our hearts. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit move to in your life. Joel chapter 2, verse 21, fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. We could close the book and go home right here with great rejoicing today just because of what he said. The Lord will do great things. I want you to repeat that with me. The Lord will do great things. Amen. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine doth yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately. And he shall, will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fats shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that hath dealt wondrously with you. And I always love reading this. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. Amen. And that I am the Lord, your God, and none else. And he repeats it. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it should come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handsmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. 
And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth and blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood. Before the great and terrible day of the Lord come and shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion, that's the bride. In Jerusalem, that's Israel, shall be deliverance. And as many as the, and as the Lord has said, and in the remnant, that's, of course, the leftover. Remnant is the leftover. That's the church whom the Lord shall call. Amen. I believe there's deliverance in every area of God's people. Every name that's in the book shall be delivered. That's what the word says. Amen. You can have your seats. God bless you. Thank you for coming today. We're looking forward to today letting the Holy Spirit speak to us. We want to greet you, those of you from, um, that have joined in with us from around the world. A little brother wrote us and said, I, I'm rejoicing. I've, I'm joining in from Swaziland over in, in southern Africa. Brother Kalen has joined in with us this morning from South Africa. Others from that, um, that area that has um, uh, joined in with us. Many more will as we resume our services. I will, I will say this. Um, as we go forward, we have no plans to um, do this again, to shut down services for a time. Um, we, um, we will just go ahead and, and uh, persevere through whatever we go through. Amen? Amen. And, you know, I mean, you know, those that are fearful and afraid, they can stay home. Um, the rest of us, we'll just come on and, and go through whatever storm we have to go through. Amen. Because he says, the Lord thy God is with thee. I'm in the midst of Israel, and I am the Lord your God. So we're here in, in a wonderful time and a moment, and you've had moments and opportunities where that your, your faith has been exercised. We have been through some great battles. Some of us have been in the hospital. Thankfully, we have lost none that have um, passed on. We have sister churches that have had um, preachers, pastors, ministers in their church that passed on, and, and we've had the, those that have deacons that have been longtime elders in the church that passed on. And so we, we have faced a formidable enemy. But none of it, none of it has not been without God's provision. And also knowing that God's will rules over it all. And I say to those that have lost family members as that may be listening in today and you've lost family members or friends or whatever in your churches, God bless you and may God comfort you and God give you strength. But it's not all lost. Amen. They're healed. They're in a new body. They're rejoicing on the other side and waiting for us to come. I'm going to be speaking today on the changing of the seasons. And as you can see on our screen today that, but the word of the Lord stands forever. So no matter what changes in seasons or even progressions that are made, the word of God always stands forever. It's always constant. It is there for us to have as an absolute and an assurance. 
And that's where we must take our and place our faith today is in the assurance of God's word. Now, I, I wanted to share a little quotation as we went along. I, I thought of this as I took the, this title and uh, said, Brother Bradham told us in the testimony of a true witness. So if we are Christian and we're born of the spirit, death can hold nothing but victory for us. Because this so corruptible body that Satan still has power over will drop in the dust of the earth. But when that season, he says, this is the wrong season now. This is mortal season. But, but immortal season is coming. When the immortal one comes, he will bring with him the immortal spirits that is returned to him from the earth. And they will come forth again in the resurrection for the great millennium and shall shine in his glory. And as I was praying this past Wednesday morning and thinking about these things and even the translations of the saints and, and, um, and even the, the approaching translation of the bride of Christ as I believe we are Nearer now than we've ever been. We've run out of church ages. We're at the end of the ages. And, uh, you know, time is about to end for us as we move into eternity. Time will continue on on the earth for the thousand-year millennial reign. And, of course, the time of the tribulation, they'll all be in time until that morning breaks eternal, bright and fair. Where that we... Um, know the new heavens and new earth will come and the earth will move back from time into eternity. But as I was praying Wednesday morning, I envisioned us putting on our new bodies like children putting on new clothes and dancing and shouting about how we look and we feel in them. Giggling and crying and laughing and dancing around like kids and talking excitedly about how we look. And then embracing and dancing around with those that have gone on before us and seeing them in their new clothes. I can remember, you know, as a young boy, I only had a pair of cowboy boots once in my life and that was uh, about when I was about eight years old and my parents, I could wear a pair of cowboy boots and I remember prancing around in them and showing off my new boots. But that ain't going to be nothing like what it'll be that day when I show off my new body. Amen. When we look around and sickness and old age and, and, and problems of life just fade away into oblivion. And we move into that realm of the eternal youth. Now, we know that we're living in a time where great darkness is sweeping over the earth. We can feel this darkness. It's so thick. It's, a, it's an awful day that we're living in, but yet it's a tremendous day all the same time because we are living in the time of the fulfillment of Scripture where the Word of God is being manifested to an end-time people and a people are being put on display. And, and this great darkness swinging over the earth now is, is only declaring that there is a great light that is pressing down. 
and that we are about to change the seasons. And that's what I'm going to speak on today as we move from this time and this realm of darkness into, into the light of God's word and promise. He said, this is a time right now where death is hanging close, that it could be within an hour, and we can speak of that as we look at the dying of freedom in America, and we look at anarchy on every side and troubles on every hand like never before. So we're living in a time where we, we see the dying of the lamb and the birth of a dragon as America begins to turn from a, a lamb with freedom of religion into a dragon. And I'm not going to go in some rhetoric of uh, politics today and, and say, well, you need to get out and vote. I was praying about all of that the other day, and I'll be honest with you. I want to, I'm a, who I, I'll tell you who I want to win. I want the man to win who will usher in the end time in a greater depth than ever. Because I'm ready to go home. Amen. Oh, I really don't want the man to get in there that will, um, that will perpetuate things and make things a little nicer for a little while longer. I'm ready to leave this world. Amen. We have, we have marked a lot of time. We have been through the ages. And I'm longing for Jesus to come back. And you may be screaming out, wait a little longer, please, Jesus. I got loved ones. I'll tell you, friends, it comes a time where that you will say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Whatever you have to do, just don't leave us where we're at. Amen. But bring, a, bring about an end to struggling world and struggling nature. We're here at, the, at a time, as I said, where death is hanging so close that it could be within an hour. Amen. We, we're threatened with, with, with China rising up and communism and, and, we're, and even in our own country and anarchy and, and, and every kind of movement until there's never been such a time of confusing in darkness. Amen. And nobody's got an answer. Nobody has the answer for it. But you see, if, if death is hanging that close, you see then life has to be hanging that close. In fact, you know, it's the coming of the light that congels the darkness. I mean, this is why there's darkness just before the dawn and it gets darker than ever. It's because the coming light is pressing the darkness back. And it's hanging low. Life is hanging low. It's coming down. In our dimension, we have had things happen in this Laodicean age that has never happened in the other ages except the first. We are here in a time where the great Holy Spirit is moving in and has restored back to us the original baptism of the Holy Ghost, the true token, the abstract Amen, that the same thing that they had on the day of Pentecost, not a measure of faith, not a measure of truth, but the full truth, not a measure of the Spirit, such as justification or sanctification, but the fullness of the Spirit. 
where that we can walk in the, in the fullness of the light of the word. The great Holy Spirit is moving in and darkness is taking his last toll. Amen. But Christ will come because the light will soon be here. It doesn't take much light, amen, to shine in darkness and to push darkness back. We can close the doors and shut off all the artificial light and strike one match, and it would so illuminate, amen, the word that it is close till everybody in the room from the forest, furthest one back, would see that light shining. Amen. And it, and it tells us that the word of God will abide it forever. Amen. And the great Holy Spirit is moving in and darkness taking its last toll because the light will soon be here. Amen. And Christ will come in the joy and the hope of the ages for a real resurrection of the saints. Amen. Amen. For all believers. For we will share with him in his resurrection as we have shared with him in his suffering. He that suffers with me will reign with me. So don't be surprised you've been through a bit of suffering. Amen. Should we be carried to the skies and to the heavens on a flowery bed of ease when others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? And the the psalmist said, no, I must fight if I must reign. Increase my courage, Lord. So that's our prayer. We can't go forth as a coward. We cannot just go around daily with our head hanging down. I mean, don't don't live in in anxiety. When the scripture says over and over again, fear not. Amen. When he says, I'm with you wherever you go. Amen. I'll never fail you. I will be with you, even in you to the end of the world. Why live under and be captive to anxiety when we can, when we can walk as, as Christians looking at the promise of God? Oh my, when we look at the world and they're carrying on the darkness that is going on, we can raise our head and here congregate today as eagles. Amen. And knowing this, that we know him in the power of his resurrection. Amen. And because that he lives, we shall live also. Amen. Amen. You see, that's what it means to us as believers. We are part of his resurrection. You know, as we think back, you know, they, they have times of Passover, like, like Easter time, and which is Passover. It was a harvest season. It was a time when the barley would become ripe and with it would come a celebration. Later in our month of May is another harvest season where the wheat becomes ripe. And this would happen seven weeks after, um, uh, uh, after the Passover at Pentecost. And this is our season. We are in the season of Pentecost. Amen, because we have come through the, the seven weeks or the seven ages, which that typed. And this is a time where the day of Pentecost is fully coming. It's a jubilee. Amen, and all the types of the Bible have pointed to our day and to our hour. Amen, and every type in the Bible again is here again, but this time in fulfillment. 
we are, we're here even to an Easter, even to a Passover, even to a Pentecost, even to um, the Feast of the Tabernacles. Everything is coming right into fruition at this time. Every type of the Bible is heading up into our hour and our time. Now remember, a type is, is a shadow, so it's, it's something that is coming, and the, and the light is it, coming from down from the light, and as it comes down, it casts a shadow. And as it casts a shadow, it's prophesying and foretelling what it will be like when the actual thing comes. Are you with me? Yes. Amen. And so this is, this is where we're at. We're, all the ages have prophesied of us. All the ages have spoken this time. And I'll tell you today that all the ages, all of them that are gone for, before us are, are depending on us. Yes. They are waiting on us to fulfill and to finish this race. So there is a great responsibility that is upon our shoulders this morning as we face the end time prophecies. Now, and it is the rising of the sun. When Brother Bradham first talks about a bright age, and we do believe we're in a bright age. We're here in the Laodicean age, but it is the bright age. It is a time, it is a, an era of time within the last age where it moved from the Azusa Street on a movement in where that they were, they were the, the, the ones that God was using to where now God is calling a bride out of every denomination back to the word again. Are you with me? Amen. So he says, for the bright age, it will be a resurrection. Out of dark denominationalism will be a message. And here's our message that the full maturity of the word has turned back in full power and being waved over the people by the same signs and wonders that he did back there. So here's our message today. We know what the message is. The full maturity of the word has come back. Amen. The season has changed until that in this changing of the season, it's now a time of harvest. It's a time of ripening. It's a time of a mature church, of an elect lady, of a people who knows who they are, of an adopted church who knows their position. And they have the same signs and wonders that he did back there. Because I live, speaking to his wife, he shall live also. What a resurrection that was and what a resurrection this is to be quickened from the dead, to be made alive in Christ Jesus by God's quickening power. As we look at that for a moment, I want to just say to you, as Brother Branham looked at this season, he would call it even an Easter season, a resurrection season. It's a time where resurrection life is here. It is a time of great restoration. It's a time of restoring all the truths that were lost and all the power that was lost and all the anointing that was lost down through the ages and being restored back to the last age. And that's what Brother Bradham would say that Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're seeing the hour we're living in. We need an Easter in the church. Resurrection. We need a resurrection to power faith. 
Amen. Men and women to stand out for what which is God's vindicated word. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's a resurrection hour. The brother Brandon said we needed. It's a restoration hour. You know, res- resurrection is a restoration. It's a restoring back to life, but it's even more. Because it brings them back. Amen. When Jesus raised, he didn't raise a, 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 a body that was wounded and horribly disfigured. He rose alive. So changed till they on the way to Emmaus did not recognize him in his new condition. Amen. Amen. And that's the way you're going to raise. That's the way you're going to be changed. Amen. When we all get together and we begin to travel like a thought and come from place to place and visit home to home to home to home and we see one another, some of us I'm going to have to introduce myself to. Some of them I'm going to have to ask them to introduce themselves. Amen. I'm going to have to say, you're Brother L? Yes, oh, yeah, I'm Brother L. Well, where's the glasses? Don't need them. Yes, Amen. Look at my hair. Come on. Look at my new body. Hallelujah. Amen. Look how I can run. Amen. Look, I look at my strength. Look at my youth. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to look around at one another, and I'll see you, some of you like I've never seen you before. Hallelujah, with eyes that never saw like them eyes. Amen, that can see in between the dimensions. We're here at the changing of the season in a resurrection hour. Brother Branham uses the word essence. It's the nature of something that determines the character its character or the property of something without which it would not exist or be what it is. Here then is the essence of the resurrection, the properties of it. The resurrection shows and proves that Jesus is not dead, but he's alive. As he said in the Easter seal, the very essence of this resurrection is to tell and to show and to prove that Jesus has raised from the dead. Amen. And he's not dead. He's a living. I can remember, you know, the different ones. He would appear to Mary Magdalene. He would appear to the other women at the tomb. He would appear to Peter. He would appear to the disciples. He would appear to Thomas. Had to get him on board. Get him away from his unbelieving attitude that he had. Come on. Amen. To where he would scream out those notable words, my Lord and my God. Amen. Amen. That's what God would do. He's not going to leave a predestinated, even a doubting Thomas. He ain't going to leave them behind. He'll come and he'll show it. Come on. He'll show up to reveal himself to get you on board. Amen. How many would say, oh, God, show up to me today. Get me on board. Get me past my unbelief. Get me past this darkness. Let me see clearly what you're doing in this hour. He would appear. He would appear to them on the road to the, of Emmaus. He would appear 
And Paul would say, and he appeared to me. Hallelujah. And I didn't want to say, and he's appeared to me. Amen. And blessed are those that love his appearing. And he appeared to you and to you and he's appeared to you and to you and he's appeared to you and to you and you know he's alive. And our message is he's appeared to me and he's not a dead God. He's not a God of history. He's a God of the present. Hallelujah. Because he's appeared to me. So that's the essence of the message. Amen, because it's a resurrection message where it tells the sufferer, the weary, the downtrodden to stand and be healed. Amen, it assures them that we are the resurrection and the life. Come on now. I didn't say he is, though he is, but you are now the resurrection. And you are now the life. It dwells in you. Amen. Oh, yes, I was once dead in sins and trespasses, but now I'm alive forevermore. And I got the keys to death and of hell. Amen. Satan's Eden cannot lock me in. I've got the keys to death and hell. Hell cannot hold its gates against me. I got the keys to it. You know what happened when God gave you the keys to that alcohol? Amen. To that pornography? To those demons that were holding you back? You know what it was when he took drugs out of your life? You know what it was when he took sin out of your life? Whatever it was, he gave you the key to it. And I'll tell you today, no devil. No habit. No problem. No weapon can stop you from going through that gate because the gates of hell cannot prevail against this church. It's the essence of our message. It's not a dead message. It's not a message of death. It's a message of life. Goodness. Tell that clock to quit being so busy. Come on. Amen. Now, it assures them. It assures others that we are the resurrection and the life. It's not a dead message, but one of life. It's the message of the resurrected. Are you with me? Without this property or essence, the message is dead. It's worthless, but this message declares that it's a message of life. It declares the healer, the deliverer has conquered death and that we are beneficiaries of his resurrection. As he said in the rising of the sun, now the very essence are the properties of the message that was sent is that he is risen from the dead and we are his beneficiaries. We share the resurrection with him and draw benefits from this, from this by proving to the world that he's alive and we cannot do it by word only. 
We cannot do it by some tradition of man. We can only reflect, we only reflect exactly what we're pointing to. So if we're pointing to that he's alive, it's going to reflect back at us that he's alive. If we point to that he's the healer and was wounded for our transgression, we're going to reflect back that he is the healer. Hallelujah. You see, the absence of the message, the properties of the message that was sent, it's he's risen. He would say about that Easter, I've stamped it on my heart as the greatest event of the year. It's a resurrection time. Why am I talking about Easter now? It's October. Because we are in an Easter season. We're in a restoration hour. Amen. You see, seasons can change here. The grass will wither and the flowers fade. And we can look and we can see now the, this fall starts coming in and the colors starts changing and the leaves will start falling and it will go down to death. But the word of God doesn't change. And God's word declares that this is the greatest event of all time. We're in another resurrection hour. And God still rolls the stone and the angel sat upon it. And there is no devil and no power that's going to roll that stone back in place. Amen. You, you think about it for a moment. The angel of God came. When the stone was rolled back, he rolled it back and he sat on it. And there wasn't a government big enough. There wasn't legislation that was big enough. There wasn't Roman soldiers and quartillions of soldiers that could stop it. Come on, church. Because the angel sat upon the stone. And I'll tell you, he's still sitting on that stone today. He's making sure that nobody puts Christ back in the tomb again. Let's go back and thinking for a moment. There have been great men's prophets, teachers, kings, leaders, but finally they, they arrived for mankind to be delivered from the tyranny of sin. Same is true today. We come to another time just like that. The, you know, there have been great moves of the past. There's been the Lutherans, Wesley, Finney, Moody, Smith Wigglesworth, F.F. Bosworth, and more. I mean, time would fail us to call all the names of the great men that God has used in the past. But there must come a season where, where the church moves in the power of the resurrection, where the fullness of the promise is made manifest. Just like Brother Branham said of the church today as he compared the bride with the church as two cars. Both are shiny, both right off the assembly line, both filled with gas of the highest octane, but one with mechanics only, a great machine but no dynamics, and the other with both dynamics and mechanics. And this is why he would say there has been churches, churches, brides, brides. But there will come one that will be the word. 
man, there's got to come a real bride that's not only got the mechanics, but the dynamics of it. Amen. Oh my, not just some, some car with a polishing job and a beautiful finish and you can see yourself as it mirrors your image back as you approach it. And oh, it's so, it's so classy and beautiful and it's stained glass windows and it's high spears and it's sitting there. Oh my, cold is a morgue. It's never started. The days of starting is past. It won't crank. Amen. Now, but there's another new car that has just come out in this last day and has rolled off of God's assembly line and he took Luther's message and Wesley's message and Pentecostal message and I'm finally bringing it back to, oh my goodness, it looks exactly like that old antique Paul's message. Hallelujah. And it shines and glows with the glory of God on it. And it'll drive down to healing. It'll drive to miracles. It'll drive to salvation. It'll drive, hallelujah, to deliverance. There have been great prophets. Every one of them died before us. There have been great prophets before Jesus. Never one of them. We just about uh, without fail, almost all of them would go down to the grave, except for an Enoch and an Elijah. There have been prophets on earth that even healed the sick, raised the dead. They did great signs. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he authenticated the word of God forever. And ever gloom and doubt was shattered. Amen. Man had been shut up in a prison house. Even religious people of, this, of his day been great religious moves. And when a die man died, he just seemed to settle it. You know, Moses died, seemed to just nullify everything he said. Joshua died. Israel went to doing what every man thought was right in his own eyes. But when this one came, he said, I have the power to lay my life down and to raise it up again. Amen. And, and of course, he, he proved that when he raised from the dead, and, and that seals it for us. We know that when he raised, he raised and conquered every sickness, every disease, every sin. The days of Jesus was a very supernatural time where heaven was pouring out a message. Angels had appeared. Think of that. After years and years of silence, here angels appeared to Zechariah and then to Mary. And then the inspiration came from the angels' visitation. It would hit Elizabeth and Mary and Anna and Simeon. And they would prophesy about what God was doing. And then it would come on Joseph. And the angels would come and, and break through the dimensions to shepherds. Amen. And John comes on the scene as a forerunner. And he's announcing, there's one among you. And he's here. Amen. He's here somewhere, standing among you somewhere. And then a light like a dove then come down and a voice out of heaven. And then there would come the decreasing of that messenger. 
that forerunner as he would move off the scene. And the message was now in flesh as Jesus demonstrated God to the world. Amen. Amen. What was it? It had changed from the prophet John to his prophecy, Jesus. These junctions are so hard for people. The changing of seasons is difficult. You find people like in Acts 19 who who were good people but missed the junction. There were disciples of John but didn't know of Jesus and his resurrection. They were baptized of John but didn't know who he pointed to. They idolized the prophet. They idolized his boldness. They thought they were ready for the Messiah. But they didn't know the Messiah had come and, was, and had been crucified and ascended and, and sent back his Holy Spirit and, and changed forms again. And that now he was on earth. The Messiah was on earth in a multi-member body of his church. Amen. Oh, brothers, we hear him still talking about Brother Branham today who, like John the forerunner, brought a message. They're still enamored, infatuated to the point of enchantment about the forerunner. Amen. And if they've never seen the one he was pointing to. And that's even true about Jesus. People are enchanted about the man of Galilee. They're talking about the resurrection. But if Jesus, listen to me now, if Jesus had only raised from the dead and and, and completed And that completed everything. We would still be in our sins. That resurrection power had to come in the hearts of God's children. Amen. It wasn't enough for it to be in Jesus. It had to be in his people. Amen. Every believer has to participate in his resurrection. And become the resurrection also. Amen. Not to not just to know that he rose from the dead, but know they had risen with him. And that's what Jesus pointed to. Go to the city of Jerusalem and wait until you're endued with power from on high. Amen. Amen. I you know we we have we have um, a, a church just down this the road from where I live. And and they're nice people, lovely people, a Baptist church, but they have on their signs, we preach. Christ and him crucified. And that's all that's on their side. We preach Christ and him crucified. I want you to say, why preach a dead Christ? Amen. We preach that Christ rose from the dead. Amen. That he was seen of 500. Ascended up in heaven. And not only that, but he's here today because he came back again on the day of Pentecost. The same yesterday, today, and forever. We preach a Christ that's alive. Not just a Christ crucified. That's only part of the gospel. Not even just a Christ resurrected. That's still only a part. But a Christ that came again. A Christ that now dwells in you. Jesus was rejected by the, by the church world. He was put in a tomb on the third day. He rose, bringing with him the Old Testament saints. He ascended with them into glory. 
50 days after his crucifixion and the Passover there, his Holy Spirit came on what we call the day of Pentecost. There in the upper room, the resurrection happened again. The quickening power struck 120 and they were filled with the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Ghost. Now God was in his church. Amen. And his church was the body that he was working through. And now that same Jesus was working through a multi-member body. Amen. Doing the same works that he did. And they were resurrection from death unto life. It was a spiritual resurrection. Ephesians 2 and 5 says, even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together. That means he made us alive. By, with Christ, for by grace of your sake. And he raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. These were anointed Messiahs. They did the works that Jesus did. For they were filled with Jesus. But unfortunately, the second Eve, we'll call her the church, did what the first Eve did. Satan got into the book of Acts church he come in saying, we don't need shouting. We don't need speakers with tongues. And soon begin to tweak the gospel until God was no longer one but three. No longer was Jesus the intercessor but Mary. No longer were the days of miracles present but something of the past. And soon the real experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost was lost from the church and the power was gone and the church plotted along with dead forms as they put Christ back in the tomb. Then there came the age of reformation with Luther, Wesley, and Azusa Street. Remember, they were under the man age. We're in the eagle age. It's a changing of season. The season was changing. Suddenly there comes on the scene one like John the Baptist. He's a forerunner. He has the ministry of Elijah, but also the ministry of Christ. What was it? The tomb, the tomb was you know, the tomb was sealed, but Revelation, and, and, and we know that, but the book of Revelation shows that the book was sealed. So at the close of the Old Testament, you have a tomb that was sealed, and this at the close of the end time, we have a book that is sealed. And without its opening, all is lost. Unless it's given back to man, it is all for nothing. It represents the title. Amen. It is the possession of every divine promise lays in that title. It is the description of the land. It is the title deed of redemption. Amen. And unless the book is open, Calvary is for nothing. Oh, man, you say, Brother Tim, how could that be? Well, let me stop here for a minute. Without the resurrection, Calvary was for nothing. Without the ascension, the resurrection was for nothing. 
And without the coming of the Holy Ghost, all of it was for nothing. Are you with me? Amen. One was making way for another. They were, it, was, it was seasons. It was time. This was here. This was the part. This was what God was doing. But it moves on. Now, just as if Jesus, uh, just to resurrect and appear to his disciples, raised the dead of the ages, but didn't send a resurrection and a change for those waiting at Pentecost, it would have been for nothing. For those 120 and even for us today. And let me just go, come on, bring it fast forward now to here in this Pentecost. I told you this is another Pentecost, right? Unless the seventh seal was open, breaking the silence on his coming. Amen. There must be an actual time that it happens. Let me just say it this way. If there's no rapture in this age, everything God has done since Pentecost has been for nothing. Come on, somebody. Amen. God sending a prophet. God sending, let me go back to Zeus' street. God sending the gifts of the Spirit. God returning and pouring out a portion of his Spirit again. All of these portions poured out would be for nothing unless there's a rapture takes place. Everything hinges on a rapture. And I want you to know we're a part of that great rapture today. And everything is hinging on you walking into that rapture. Amen. The Bible tells you in Revelation 8, 1, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space for an half hour. And he said, I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and then they were given seven trumpets. And another angel come and stood at the altar, having a golden censer that was given to him with much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints from the golden altar which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense which came uh, with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer and filled it with the fire of the altar and cast it to the earth and there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And you're wondering why there's an upheaval. And you're wondering what's happening to our world. And you wonder why our country is overrun with anarchists. And you wonder why they have all given their mind to the beast. You wonder why all of this taking place. It's because God has broke the silence. Old is coming and he's wrapping up the end time here in this changing of the season. And he throws in that seventh seal, he throws that fire upon the earth. Amen. And it begins to burn with voices. Amen. There would be a void, the voice of the seventh angel revealing the voice of the seven thunders. Amen. And there was thunderings that become known and lightnings and an earthquake and things and upheaval begins upon the earth. 
And it's all in fulfillment to all of those who have prayed down through the ages for the coming of the Lord. And you are here in that season. Get ready for your new clothes. Hallelujah. Get ready to move from a mortal season into an immortal season. In our day, the incense was mixed with the prayers on the altar and received up before God. This was, this was typing out, actually, a representative of what God would have them do in the, in the Old Testament, which was shadows. And they were pointing to this time. And, of course, all these prayers, there's prayers of the end time, prayers for vengeance upon those that had done wickedly to the saints of God, prayers for the Lord's return, the last prayer of the Bible. You know what it is. Even so come, Lord Jesus. But it had to be put on hold because you were coming. Your name was in this book too. Hallelujah. God knew you were coming. And he says, I can't come yet, so I'll just come and I'll be interceding until the last name that is on the book is manifested, displayed on the earth. Some of you, we've been waiting a long time for you to get here. Amen. But every time another son is born, God says, okay, that's it. There's another name now. And then he says, there's another name. And I'm interceding for this one and for that one. He's even interceding for your lost children. For the prodigal that needs to come back home. He is still interceding on the behalf of the redeemed, those names that are in the book of redemption who must be dipped in blood. And in our day, incense was mixed with the prayers on the altar and they have been received up before God. And God said, okay, to do this end time, I'm going to send them a prophet. Now I've had him I've had him in the days of the voice, or in the days of preparation, but now will come the days of the voice. We have uh, been preparing him with divine healing campaigns and miracles and signs and identifying I was with him and this, the ministry of Christ being displayed. But now, now there will be the lamb in heaven taking the book and loosen the seals. And on earth, I've got a messenger ready to receive it as he hands it down to the seventh angel on earth for the revealing of it. Because when it's mixed with the incense, it's got to be brought down to the earth and it causes upheavals. Earthquakes took place. Some of you who were in tombs of religion. Amen. It broke the seal of the tomb. Amen, and you came out. Some of you were in a Baptist tomb. Some of you were in a Methodist tomb. Some of you were in a Pentecostal tomb. But I tell you, when the word came, when the hour came for it to be fulfilled, for there to be a resurrection out of the dark denomination,
faithless. Hell cannot hold you. Churches cannot hold you. Formalism cannot hold you. The powers of Satan could not hold you. Just as in the days of Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, you know, he went and when he rose there, now this tradition had been done for many years and typed out, but one day it wasn't a tradition anymore. One day he stepped right into the prophecy and he carries with him the prayers for the coming of the Lord. Somebody with me? Cares, but they had been praying for this Messiah. They had been calling on him to come. They had been waiting for this hour. But now, all of a sudden, everything looked just routine. This is my time. Well, you know, I'm waiting on a child. Ah, it's past. It's been... He's been coming. I will never have that baby. It's over. She's passed. Even menopause has showed up. We'll never have this baby. It'll never come. John has sunk down into unbelief. The church said we're surrounded by Romans. We can never have this Messiah. He'll never come. We'll never have. We'll never have him. You had a pregnant woman, the wife of John, of, of, of Zechariah, the mother of John or to be the mother, and you have a pregnant woman, Israel, and they're both waiting, and John walks in, and when he does, the silence is broken. And when the silence becomes broken, the angel speaks. And says, I'm gonna, you're going to have a son, and he's going to be the forerunner. And this will be the start of the coming of the Lord. Because there's got to be a forerunner come before the Messiah can come. And Zechariah said, I've been too long in unbelief. I can't believe it. And God said, okay, shut your mouth. I'm not going to let you speak such nonsense anymore. Shut up until it's fulfilled. And then I'll open your mouth. Somebody is going to say to some of you that are sitting around and, and saying, oh, how can it be? Oh, there'll never be nothing. Oh, we're beyond those days. It's all past. I'm just saying, shut up. The angel in this pulpit says, shut your mouth until God fulfills his word. But he's going to bring forth a bride without spot, without wrinkle, who will finish the race. John, when the angel appears to Zechariah and announces the coming of John, it starts a chain of events. It's like an atomic explosion that never stops. I want you to know, what started there has never stopped to this day. Come on. It's still, it's still like an atomic explosion, just continue a chain of events 
that comes until it wraps up the end time. Are you with me now? Amen. So you see, the same in our day, the church has looked for the return of Jesus Christ and for and is coming for mature church without spot or wrinkle. And I just want you to know what has been silenced. Because he said, seal up those voices of thunders. And don't write them. But because they're for an end time people. I'm going to reveal some things to them. Then tell them where they are in time. Where they can have the faith to withstand in the evil day. Are you with me? Amen. And the thing that the churches look for, the return of Jesus Christ, and is coming from a true church without spot or wrinkle. What has been silenced and what has been wondered about. Here it's begun to happen. And the breaking of the silence of the seventh seal. Somebody with me? which reveals the voices of the thunders there that held the mystery of the symbols in the book were that we now are not wondering what are the symbols because it had to be written in the word but it was not understood. That's what a thunder is, is when God says something but it's not understood. So we say it was a noise. It was the thunder. It was the voice of God. But we don't know what it said. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound his mystery, the mystery of God, and he's speaking directly of the seven thunders. And he said, the mystery of God shall be finished. In our day, the season changes. And the lamb, there's actually movement in heaven. Did, did that not happen in the first coming of Christ? That's right. Heaven moved before something happened on earth. Yeah. Amen. There were angels visiting Zechariah and, and, then, and then Mary and then Joseph and then the shepherds and, and heaven's opening. Heaven's revealing something. Heaven's letting us know there's something going on. It's revealing us to us, the Christ. Come on. And the same in our day, the return of Jesus Christ. Something starts happening in the heavens. The Lamb steps forth in heaven. And when he does, he initiates a change of seasons. In Revelation 5 and verse 5 and One of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of a throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God to all the earth. Now we look in the symbols, we know there's, you know, if you got an eighth age, you're not part of the lamb. If you got an eighth messenger, you're not part of the lamb. Oh, today, Brother Tim, we got the eighth messenger. It's the 
Holy Ghost, you're not part of the Lamb. You say, why, why, why would you say that? Because anything other than these seven horns and seven eyes is not part of the Lamb. Oh, but we have an apostle today. You're not part of the Lamb. We got another prophet today. You're not part of the Lamb. Oh, you know, in Jeffersonville, we have a, a new prophet. You're not part of the Lamb. You have excommunicated and identified yourself as, as something else, not part of the Lamb. Amen. Amen. Because the Lamb has seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. And you say, well, we got, it's the Holy Ghost. That's who he was. Seven spirits of God. The spirit for every age. The one Holy Spirit in seven manifestations. Poured out and anointed on the earth. Amen. Are you with me now? Amen. Now then, but there stood a lamb as it had been slain. Now John in the book of Revelation, he is symbolic of the bride. You know that. The book of Revelation is a symbolic book. Amen. Amen. Come on. There's no, there's no silver golden throne there like that. We think of that as humans. That's the way we picture. There's no, there's no book with, that's leather bound with goat skin or lamb skin or whatever skin. The, the, the book is symbolic of the believers. The book of Revelation is symbolic. John is even symbolically representing the redeemed. He's one of the 12 elders of the New Testament, and there's 12 elders of the Old Testament because it, it is encompassing, encompassing the redeemed. Now, so there stood a lamb as had been slain. And, and of course, there, there is no lamb like that in heaven with seven horns and seven eyes. There is a man, Christ Jesus, who that was symbolic of. Are you with me? And John in the book of Revelation is symbolic of the bride. And in the exhilaration of the moment, John looks to see a lion. Amen. He's looking for a mighty king stepping forth. But it was not the millennium yet. Amen. But redemption was still unfolding. Are you with me? So he doesn't see a, a lion at all. He sees a lamb. For the lamb is symbolic of his work as kinsman, redeemer. The sacrifice. And the lamb is stepping forth. The one who gave his life for us. Who shed his blood. Is stepping forth to claim the book. And to loose its seals. Now he's a bloody lamb. It will take blood to purge the transgressions of errors. That have kept the book sealed closed. I want, you, I want to submit to you. This book was not sealed closed in the days of Paul. It was the errors of the ages that sealed the book and closed it. It was the work of the Antichrist that closed the book. In the days of Paul, the book was open. The mysteries were revealed. We're not preaching a new message. We're preaching the same gospel Paul preached. Are you with me? It's not a new message. It's not an addendum to the book. It's exactly what Paul preached. 
Amen. What did he say when he went beyond the curtain of time? So whatever Paul preached, I preached it. And heaven said, we're resting on that. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, you see, that was in 58 or 9 when, you know, 1960 when for the seals was open, he had that experience. And, and he could say then, I just preached what Paul preached. No, that's when he moved from time into eternity and was being embraced by all the mothers over there. And they said, you preach what Paul preached. And said, we're resting on that. Our resurrection rests on, on the gospel returning to what Paul preached. I'm submitting to you today, we're not preaching a new message. We don't have to be like the Jehovah's Witness and, and reinterpret the Bible. We don't have to be like the Mormons and add some books. Amen. Brother Branham, what he said is not an addendum to the book. Amen. It's not an addition to the Bible. It's the same gospel Paul preached. It's the same word. And it showed it was the same word because it did the same miracles and the same sign and the same wonders. John sees the lamb, not a lion, not a mighty king to take the throne of David. That season is close. But not yet. We'll have the millennium. It's coming. It's at least three and a half years away. Somebody help me preach. Amen. At the very least, it's three and a half years away. Because there is the marriage supper of the Lamb that takes place in heaven and tribulation on earth. Amen. Amen. You can see, you can visualize it the way I, any way you want to, but I look at it like this as we're celebrating in heaven. And it's going to be a celebration. Nobody will be wearing an old robe, it'll be a great youth camp. Are you with me? Amen. We'll all be dressed alike in new clothes. I'm going to be showing mine off. I'm going to be dancing in mine. I'm going to be shouting a lot in mine. I, amen. Just, amen. You see, some people say, you know, that, that song they sang, you know, what will, you know, about, I can only imagine. And somebody said, well, they can, that's all they can do is imagine. I can do more than imagine. Amen. I will be there. Amen. I will be there. And I don't know exactly if I'll dance, but I probably will. If I shout, oh, I know I will. If I, if I run around and around, I know I will. But I know when I see him. Amen. I might greet old brother Paul and throw my arm around him. I might greet old brother Branham and see a young man there with a full head of hair and youth. Amen. I might see Brother Jerry, amen, as he runs around and shows us how I can run now and I don't have to worry about breathing. Amen. I might give him a big hug. I'll even hug sisters there. And they'll hug me. Come on. Amen. And as we embrace one another, looking at one another in our new clothes. But when I see Jesus... 
it ain't going to be some hug. I'm going to bow before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and worship him because he deserves everything. Amen. He's my King. He's my Lord. And I will bow before him and say, ah, heaven said I would bow before you. And here I am bowing before you as I bowed before you on earth. You were my king on earth, and now you're my king as I kneel at your feet. Hallelujah! The lamb in Revelation 5 is a bloody lamb. In the season change, we can see him. It will take purge, or blood rather, to purge the transgressions of eras that have kept the book sealed and closed. John sees the lamb. He does not see a lion. And if you're the true bride, hear me now. All around the world, hear me. If you see, if you, if you're the true bride, you do not see a lion who is judge and angry and judgmental so that you can be haughty, disrespectful, and ugly in your judgmental ways. No, but when you see him, if you're true bride, you'll see a lamb. Amen. Uh, amen, not a mighty king to take the throne of, of David. That season is close. But there must come forth first the season of the anointed Messiah. Right. Amen. amen, and be, and, and then be the anointed one. The book of title must be released back not to sons of Adam, but to the sons of Jesus. The second Adam. Now, by the opening of the seals, she's been turned from all the traditions of man back to the true and original atonement. By the opening of the book, she can see that there's still blood and that that blood has never lost its power. Once Once again, there's a people on earth that can embrace and harness the power of the original atonement. Sickness is conquered. Come on, somebody. Amen. Diseases are destroyed. Sin is vanquished. And death is abolished. Amen. Because he's just as much lamb today as he ever was. Amen. And this is what the opening of the book revealed. Not a bunch of head knowledge, but granting to us the contents of the book that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Why it had to be shepherd. My friend, Brother Kalen, who's listened to me, shared this with me, this quotation, listen. He said, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. It is that same lamb. He's just as much lamb today as he was then. He's just as much here as he was there. Hallelujah, for his word is the same. 
Let me just read it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's just as much the lamb today as he was then. He's just as much here as he was there. For his word is the same. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. That's exactly what he said. He never changes. He still, he's God the word and never changes. Now the lamb in Revelation 5 is dismissing the claims against the book that was closed to us. I want you to get that. The lamb in Revelation 5 is dismissing the claims against the book that kept it closed to us. Stop and realize where we're in time. We're another season. For thousands of years, this book has remained in the hands of God, but in this day, there's been a change. As a man has been found worthy to take the book out of the hand of him that sat on the throne, and that was not William Bradham, that was Jesus Christ. Notice he was taken back. It has to be an abstract title deed. In other words, it has to be a clear deed. There can be nobody from former ages where that they made a debt that is against the piece of property. It must, every debt must be annulled. Well, that's what happened to you when you were born again. You got an abstract. Amen. That every, listen, that Jesus paid every debt of sin that was against you. And that you are free to serve the living God. And God gave you an abstract, no matter if your mother did it, if your daddy did it, no matter if you were born wrong. Oh, I was illegitimate. Hey, all of us were illegitimate. All of us was born wrong. All of us was born in sin, shaping an iniquity. We needed a savior. We need somebody to pay our debt. Amen. He paid a debt he did not owe, and we owed a debt we could not pay. And now the Holy Ghost is your proof that the devil has no claim on you. Hallelujah. It's your proof. It's your proof that the devil has no claim on you. So, well, the devil said this, and the devil said that. Yep, but when I got an abstract, every claim he had on my life, if I smoked, he had a claim. If I drank, he had a claim. If I, if I committed adultery, he had a claim. If I, if I used cocaine or drugs, he had a claim. And whatever it was, he had a claim. But the day Jesus paid my debt, he gave me an abstract, and I have a clean title, a perfect title. I have a right to come before the throne of grace. Not as a sinner, but as a child of the most high God, I am redeemed. And that's who the church is in this hour. She is redeemed. Every claim that the devil had against us, that kept us from the possession of the book, 
removed and the book is unsealed by the lamb because only his blood could redeem and remit the claims against us. He had a claim, Satan had a claim on Luther and that church. Satan had a claim on Wesley and that church. Amen. Satan had a claim on Azusa Street and that church. But I got some news for the devil. The lamb has taken the book and loosed the seals. And Jesus took the blood, his own blood, and he wiped the claims against us off. What Luther did, what Wesley did, what, what Azusa Street did, the mistakes that's been made along the journey, and you have a perfect title and a clear claim to a rapture. The devil cannot say you can, you can be held back another age, another time. He can't say it. The book has been cleared of its seals. And it's now open. And that makes every one of you a messiah. A possessor of the title deed. That it all belongs to you as the children of God. It's another season. It's another season for thousands of years. It remained in the hands of God. But in this day... There's been a change. As a man who was worthy to take the book out of the hand of him sat on the throne, that sat on the throne, and he was to take it back, it was to be an abstract title deed. This book had been waiting for redemption claims. (coughs) Abstract. Brother Branham would say, abstract, what does that mean? He said, it means there's been a title search. <laughs> it means there's been a title search. As property is handed down from one person to another, there could be people, and you could buy a nice piece of property. And go, go to possess it and all of a sudden find out that some man before him, before you, or two generations before had put a lien on this because he didn't pay a bill. And he owed money. And so there's a debt that, that must be cleared before the title can be transferred. And the book was held in the hands of Almighty God. Somebody with me? Amen. And it could not be transferred back to man because Adam had sinned and sold us. Come on. And then down to the ages, here we have all of these things. That's why every person has to have that abstract title deed, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost that, that clears your debt personally. Amen. Some of you were mixed up in your marriage. Some of you were engaged before. Some of you had uh, this, this thing that you did and that thing you did and this problem you had. Come on, somebody. You had all kinds of things that you had done. 
Listen, when the devil accuses you, he don't have to make up lies. He'll tell exactly what you did. Amen, you, you know, you smoked, you drank, you committed adultery. You were a liar. He don't even have to make up stuff on you. There are things you actually did. He talked you into him. You was deceived by by your first birth. You were already married to, to Satan. United with him. Sin nature dwelt in you. This came because of your first birth. You were called to begin with. Oh, yeah. You were a reject. You didn't have a hope. You were there without God. There was no mercy for you. I'm not talking about, you know, to, I'm not talking to this one here, that one there, or somebody's got a, a prison record, or this. That's not what I'm, I'm talking about. Every one of you. From the righteous one of you to the one who did the worst of the worst kinds of sin. You were everyone in this condition. Amen. You were you were deserving of hell. There was a debt you could not pay, and you were going to debtor's prison. But God, who is rich in mercy, hallelujah, in his love that he had for you. Amen. When you were dead in sins and trespasses, has he saved you and redeemed you out and set you free? And now the devil can tell you, can come along and you can tell him, but you don't have no claim on me. You have no shame on me. There's no shame. There's no blame. Amen. You know, little Drew, he heard that song sang, the youth choir sang. Jeremy, y'all got a, y'all got a, I don't know what marriage did to you. Amen. About five of you lay hands on him right there. I don't know what marriage did to you. We got to get a song back in your heart again, coming out. Jeremy sing that song, No Shame on Me. You know, Drew, little Drew, you know, he'd, he'd go around and his mom would say, shame on you, Drew. Shame on you. Shame on you, boy. Shame. He heard that song and he laughed and looked at his mama and said, ain't no shame on me. Get up. Let me hold my token up. There ain't no shame on me. No shame. No blame. The devil don't have a claim on my life. I don't belong to him. I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no shame on me. Amen. The season has changed. Amen. And I, who was with darkness, and now light in the Lord. Hallelujah! And the silence was broken on my life. Hallelujah! 
that this is my son. This day have I begotten him. And I found out I was always chosen. And I can never be unchosen. Hallelujah, I was always his and I will always be his. He was always my father and he'll always be my father. And the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Because when sin strikes the bleach of the blood, it changes every attribute of sin and it puts it back on the head of the accuser. Now the devil's going to hell for my sin. The accuser is bearing my sin. The accuser's going to hell with my sin. And I am redeemed. I've been bought with a price. I know who I am. I know where I come from. I am a Messiah. A Messiah in this hour with a clear deed and an open book and every promise in the book is mine oh yes it's mine hallelujah let the redeemed the lord say so amen shake it in the face of the devil you have no claim on me you don't have a claim on my body you have no have a claim to my health you don't have Come up here, Jeremy. Come up here, you choir. Uh-oh. Come up here. Pass by here as you come. Amen. I'll lay hands on you. Amen. God bless this gift in the name of the Lord Jesus and anointed you to begin for your glory. In Jesus' name. No shame on me. Hallelujah. for God's people. Amen, because he's still God. Wave your abstract in the face of the devil and say, I am the redeemed. Satan has no claim on me. He has no claim. Amen. I don't belong to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. tried to tell me to keep looking back and guilt held me captive to the pain of the past regret used to whisper you had your chance but satan's a liar i know
you thankful there's no shame on you today but there's power in the blood that washed away every stain no matter where you were no matter how bad you were there's power in the blood praise the name of Jesus what key are we in oh, let's put in a different key amen let's put in the key of C and it's already
Hallelujah. Just give the Lord a hand and clap of praise. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. bless you today. Amen. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful day to be back in the house of the Lord. Just continue to remember to those that are still sick among us, those that have needs, needs we read to cross the desk today. Amen. I'm looking forward to that time when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. I believe we got a little glimpse of it today as we heard the wonderful words of God that there's no shame on us. The devil does not have one claim on the bride of Jesus Christ. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's just bow our heads today as we would get ready to go. Amen. Father, thank you for these words that we've heard today. Thank you for the words of life, Lord, that burns within our hearts. Lord, we thank you for every need, Lord, you've supplied, every, every healing that's taken place. Lord, we've witnessed you even this week in a very real way, Lord, revealing yourself to us, showing yourself that you're still here among us. Lord, that you're faithful. You're faithful to the end. And we can say we've seen miracles. We've seen giants fall. We, we've seen, Lord, the, we've been able to walk on water, Lord, to rise above the things of the earth, this old world and sin and darkness. Lord, we just want to thank you for your grace and mercy. We ask now that you'll go with each one, Lord. Those that are still fighting this sickness, Lord, may you just give strength to them, Father, for complete healing, for complete deliverance for your people. Lord, those that around the world are suffering, Lord, your bride. Lord, I'm just thinking, Lord, as the devil released this on the earth, maybe by the hands of man, we don't really know, but Lord, however it came, the devil attached himself to it. Lord, in doing that, he, he, attached, he, he attacked many people. And in attacking many people, he attacked the anointing of God. And the word says, touch not my anointing. Oh, God, we just ask, Father, that your word now will just come and heal and deliver and set free. And the very fear of this thing be broken. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for your glory and honor. Hallelujah. Don't forget the offering and the tithes at the back. God bless you as you're dismissed today. Amen. We well, can just sing that again and play it again.